0: Okay. Um, last week we began speaking about the Pasuk and Shirashirim that says which means that Hashem's, literally it's like Hashem's left arm supports our head and His right arm hugs us. We you know as we've discussed, many times Shir Hashirim is all a, um, a muscle, an uh, allegory, an analog analogy for the relationship of Hashem and Klal Yisrael. And uh, these are one of the sukkim talks about Hashem's relationship to, to us with His left arm and His right arm. And according to Kabbalistic and Hasidic teachings, left and right is Gevura and Chesed, severity and kindness. And we connect to Hashem in both of these ways. In the ways of Gevura, severity, awe, and in the way of Hashem's kindness. Um, and in fact, these are the two words that are perhaps most common these days in our davening is Avinu Malkeinu. We talk about Avinu and A Avinu is a father. A father represents a loving relationship, a merciful relationship, like we say in Davani. Avinu of Harachaman, a merciful father, Rachim Aleinu, or Kerachim of Albanim. And a Melech, a king, is a uh, more of a awe-based relationship, a fear-based relationship, a king and a subject. And we relate to Hashem in both ways, in a way of Yira, in a way of awe like a king, in a way of Ahava, love, and Simcha. So that's the right and the left. And we start with the left and go to the right. And that's how the Pesach starts. That Hashem's left hand supports us and then His right hand hugs us and embraces us. And as we discussed last week, that that's really the symbolism of this special month that we're about to begin, the most significant month of the year, the month of Tishrei. We, we said the, uh, what it says in the Medrash, that it's the seventh month. And Shvi'ez, Milash, and Soiva, which is filled, it's filled, it's satiated, it's filled with all different types of spiritual energies. But the month is really divided into: there is the Aserah uh, Simei Tshuva, Rosh Hashanah, the 10 days of Tshuva, Yom Kippur, which is awe-inspired, and that's about Shuva, and that's about awe, and that's about Slicha, and and, and uh, coming closer to Hashem in that form of awe. And then followed immediately by Sukhes, which is called Man Simchasenu, the days of Simcha, and that's the Yimine Tichabkini, that's the right arm, the Chesed arm of Hashem that hugs us and embraces us and brings us to the Simcha of Sukkis, um, and that's an ever increasing Simcha. <coughs> Excuse me, throughout Sukkis until Simchas Torah, which is the day of Simcha, the day, the ultimate day of Simcha. Simcha with the Torah, we rejoice with the Torah; the Torah rejoices with us. Um, and those those feelings have to lead one into another. You In know, if one does, if one has Tshuva feelings but that doesn't end up, that doesn't wind up, that doesn't lead one to simcha, then something is wrong with the tshuva. Right? I, I think we mentioned in the past that the Mitla Rebbe, who's the son of the Balatanya, the second Rebbe, his name is of Doiv he gives a mushal. He says, some people, they're very good at the tshuva part. They're very good at the crying and the sighing, and the, but they're not good at simcha. They're always doing tshuva. They're always sad. They're always upset. They're always, uh, not upset, but they're always down, down on themselves. And they're always in the tshuva mode. And they never graduate from that into the simcha mode. And he says that's very problematic. In the mashal he uses, he says, if you have a child that's far from home, and the child is crying because they miss their parents. And as they're coming closer and closer to home, they're still crying. And then they get home and they continue to cry. He says, what does that tell us about the child? That why were they really crying? Not really because they were distant from their parents. Because if the crying is really because one is distant, then that crying must change to simcha as they come closer home. And in fact, as the simcha should be at least commensurate with the crying. Because based on how much I felt bad about being distant, that's how simchadik I have to be when coming close. And therefore we know that Hashem promises us that if we try our best, if we do tshuva, He accepts that. And tshuva is a promise from Hashem, all the way from the very beginning, all the way from the very first great sin of, of the Chet HaEgel. Um, Hashem promises us that if we, that we'll, that if we do tshuva, He accepts us. And with the greatest of all sins, Jewish people... After, after you know, seeing Hashem at our Sinai sin with a golden calf, which really the Gemara says that sin made no sense. Made no sense that an entire nation should become idolatrous in 40 days. Right Right after the sin of, right after and Tera, that a nation becomes idolatrous, made no sense. And, and furthermore, the whole planning, how long did the planning take for the whole ego? Just one day, right? Because Moshe Rabbeinu came a day late. And in one day the whole nation decided together what to do and how to sin. Right. right, we know how long it takes for just one shul to decide on what color carpet to change to, right? <laughs> right. It's gotta take years. And here in one day the whole Kali became sinful and the whole story is is really it's mind boggling. So so the Gemara says that hayu that really the Jewish people were not worthy of that sin. And what and the reason why Hashem made it happen is in order to show us the power of Chuva that if, if Klai soul should sin in such a terrible fashion, right after the giving terror and become idolatrous, and still Hashem accepts their Shuvah that tells us the power of Shuvah no matter what we do or how we do or when we do. So in a sense, Hashem sort of stacked the cards against them that this should happen. He helped them out. I mean, they had Bechira and so on, but Hashem wanted this sin to happen in some degree so that we should learn the power of Shuvah forever. And that's why Hashem is called in the Navi, Rav L'sloyach, the Great Forgiver. Why well, is he a great forgiver? I mean, he's a forgiver. But what, what does it mean when I say ravelous <laughs> leah? So it's written in Svarim, the brings it in Tanya. He says that we are, we are forgiving sometimes, but when someone does something to us and that we forgive them, then they do it again. So it becomes a little bit more difficult to forgive. And what if they do it a third time, and a fourth, and a tenth, and a twentieth, and a thirtieth? Our power of forgiveness is limited. But just like with Hashem, just like everything about Hashem, which is unlimited, His power of forgiveness is unlimited as well. And therefore Hashem promises us that as long as we try and as long as we come to Him and we daven and we do tshuva, He will accept that tshuva and will grant us complete kaparah complete atonement. And that's why as soon as Yom Kippur finishes, Yom Kippur, which is that day, that holy day of the year, Achas Bashana, so we break into a tremendous simcha. And really, the simcha starts right after Yom Kippur. There is a four-day uh, break between Yom Kippur and Sukkot in order to let us get ready for the Yom shouldn't go straight into it. But really, the concept and the energy of simcha starts the minute Yom Kippur is over, which is why many, and in Chabad, the minute it is right after Yom Kippur, we say, good Yom and right after Yom Kippur, we begin to, you know, I'm sorry? You begin building the sukkah. And you build the sukkah, right? That says in Shulchan Aruch, right? If Yom Kippur start building the sukkah, because really, Yom Kippur leads directly into sukkahs. In fact, uh, Kabbalistically, it's written that the covering of the sukkah is really created through the um, Anan haktoras, the incense, the cloud of incense that the Kohen Gadol created in the Holy of Holies. That is, uh, is what really becomes the uh, inner workings of the schach of our sukkah. In other words, Yom Kippur leads straight into Sukkis, and Tshuva leads straight into Simcha, and forgiveness has to bring a person to a tremendous Simcha. Because if a person was distant, and a person felt this, and now a person is able to feel cleansed, that should bring us to the Simcha of Sukkis, which again, which is an increasing Simcha, and really everything about Sukkis is Simcha, starting from the beginning, and then Simcha's Pesach Shoeva, and then Shemini Eser, and Simcha's Terah. It's just an ascending level of Simcha um, that finishes and completes this month of Yom Mtoivim. But as we said, this month of Yom Tovim is not just for this month, it gives us those energies for throughout the year. So from Rosh Hashanah, we take the concept of Kabbalah, Salmach, Shemaim for the entire year. And from Yom Kippur, we take the concept of Tshuva, and Slicha, and Kapara for the entire year. And from Sukkot, we take Simcha for the entire year. From Simchas Torah, we take our commitment to Torah, and our Simcha Torah for the entire year. It's a Yom Tov, it's a month, that fills the entire year with the energies that this month has within itself. And that's the idea of of the Chaydush Tishrei. Um, I want to focus in on something that's unique to this year, uh, a month of uh, Tishrei. And that is a special mitzvah that happens once in seven years. And this is the year for it. And that is the mitzvah of hakel, of gathering klal Yisrael. That's a mitzvah that was in the time of the Beis Hamikdash. Hashem can still give us, and Hashem should help that this year should already be the time of the Beis Hamikdash. We'll have a literal hakel. Until that point, every mitzvah, whether we can do it literally and physically or not, there's definitely things that we can do commemorating and remembering this mitzvah. Um, specifically, the Rebbe had a special, special um, passion or, or excitement about the mitzvah of Hakil. And every time when there was a Hakil year, um, in the Rebbe's world, that was a highlight of the year and something he spoke about throughout the entire year. He would call it a year of Hakil, a year of gatherings, um, with the purpose of increasing year as so I want to discuss a little bit the mitzvah of Hakil and it's some of its um, some of the meanings behind it, and how we can connect to it this year, which is a year of Hakil. The mitzvah of Hakil is the six hundred and twelfth mitzvah of the Torah. Right, we know there are six hundred and thirteen mitzvahs, and number six twelve and six thirteen are next week's parsha. The last two mitzvahs of the Torah are Hakil and writing a Sefer Torah. Those are the final two mitzvahs of the Torah. Um, so we're going to focus in on HaKel. Again, it's next week's Torah portion, which is the Parsha of Vayelach, which we're going to read um, the Shabbos after Rosh Hashanah, the Shabbos of the Asarasi Yitzhuvah. Um, in most years, Nitzavim and Vayelach are read together as one. This year is an exception, because this year was a leap year, and Nitzavim and Vayelech are separated into two. But in Parsha Vayelech, the Pasuk reads... Vayitzav uh, Moshe osam leimer. Moshe tells the Jewish people, "Mikates sheva shonim at the end of every seven years." B'moed shnas hashmita b'chag haSukkos. In the time of shmita during Sukkos. Now we'll talk about this in a moment because this is confusing. It's already It's the eighth it's year. The eighth it's year, so it's weekend, after yeah, shmita, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the wording of the pasuk is at the end of seven years, in the time of shmita during Sukkos. So the Gemara discusses this, that the wording of the Pasach is somewhat um, cryptic. Like, when are we talking about the seventh or the eighth? And the Gemara is very clear that we're talking about after Shemitah. But still the remnants of Shemitah are still there because Shemitah is all about the the things that are growing. Some of the things that grew throughout the seventh year are still growing. Mm -hmm. And so the Shemitah sort of extends itself into the eighth year. Mm -hmm. So the Pasach says that at the end of seven years, it's still the Moed, it's still the time of Shemitah during the Yom of Sukkis, the Yisrael when all the Jewish people come to see to gaze at Hasham bemaka marshivkan the place that Hashem chose tikra a torah hazot neged kol yisrael bo'znehem the torah should be read before all the Jewish people and in, into their ears remember all the Jewish people should listen as the torah is read hakelash um gather the nation ha'nashim va'hanashim va'hataf Men, women, and children. This is the only mitzvah in the Torah. That's a requirement to gather everyone together. Men, women, and children. But normally we know children don't have mitzvahs, right? Don't have chiyuvim. Here the Torah explicitly says that it's meant to gather the entire nation, men, women, and children, the geir chasher, bisharacha, the gerim, the converts, everyone. Laman yishmu, so that they hear, or laman yilmudu, that they learn, the yaru as Hashem, and come to yiras Hashem, fear of Hashem and the people will guard and do all of the words all of the ideas of this Torah that is the mitzvah the way it is in Parshas Vayelach again Mitzvah 612 very unique from all the other mitzvahs again it's the only mitzvah that says everyone men, women, and children should be involved and everyone should listen as the Torah is read to everyone um, together Um, it says to do it on Sukkot but when on Sukkot and again, there's an entire chapter of the Gemara that deals with all the details. It was done on the first day of Chalamoid Sukkot, which really is the second day of Sukkos, right? And here outside or Asar of Israel, mm-hmm. we think of the first day of Chalamoid as being the third day of Sukkot. Mm-hmm. But that's just because we're outside of Israel, so we have an extra day. In our, Yisrael, there was one day of Yomtev, and the following day was the, the mitzvah of Hakil. And um, Rambam talks about the mitzvah and describes it in detail, um, I'll just read a couple of quotes. Mitzvah sasei call kol Yisrael to gather all the Jewish people on Nashim Hashem mitaf. B'chol motza'e Shmita At the end of the Shemitah year, Balosim l'regel, when they go up for to for the aliyah l'regel, v'likros balznehem minatorah, to read before them from the Torah, parshios, shin mizarzos Osem b'mitzvahs. Parshios that bring people to greater adherence to the mitzvahs, and strengthen people in our faith. After the first day of Sukkot, which is the beginning of Cholamoid, of the eighth year. Who would read the Torah? Notice the Pasuk didn't say. The Pasuk, no. was, the Pasuk just said, Rambam no. says, It was the king who read the Torah for them. And he goes on to say, which Parsha of the Torah the king reads, and we'll get back to that. Then he says, what about people who didn't understand? What if he didn't understand Hebrew? He didn't understand the king. And the Ramam is very strong. He says, He says, People who are just converse they don't understand the language. You should, doesn't matter. They should come and they should listen. To listen with fear and repetition. Like a trembling type of a happiness. Kiyom Just like when Torah was given by Harsinai. In other words, Hakil was really trying to reenact Harsinai. The Torah is being given. What about very wise people? They know the entire Torah. They have to listen with tremendous kavana. So notice he took the two extremes. He says, even if you don't understand a word that's being said, or if you know the entire Torah, doesn't matter. Everyone had to listen with intense concentration. Misha en yachal person who can't understand at all. Mechaven libo just listen, listen to the reading. What if you, I thought it was if you don't listen, hear? The deaf hear. person. So this question about when he says l'shmaa, does he mean literally not hearing or not understanding? Shmiya could go both ways. It's not clear what he, what he means. It can go either way. Kova Hakasuv emes. This is just to strengthen the amuna, the yira atzmo. every person should see themselves. Now Hashem is giving me the Torah. He's listening to it from Hashem himself. divrei The king is merely a shliach, he's an emissary to give over the word of Hashem. So Rambam gives us the picture of Hakil it's a reenactment of Harsinah. And that's why it's got to be everyone. And that's why it doesn't matter how much you know. You might know everything, you might know nothing. You might be the greatest scholar, you might be the smallest child, you might be the most ignorant person. By Matan Torah, everyone was there equally. Hashem is giving us the Torah. And Rama makes Hakil look like a, a little mini Matan Torah going on, where the king who represents Hashem, who's the shliach of Hashem in this world, is reading the Torah and inspiring all of us to hear Hashem. And that is the picture of Hakil. Again, it happened... At the end of the Shemitah year in Sukkot, the second day of Sukkot, again, which is just coming up to us in a couple of weeks. So, a number of points. First of all, what, why all this discussion about Shemitah? It's the, the end of Shemitah, b'mo'ed shnasah Shemitah, The Torah seems to be very much connecting Hakil with Shemitah. But why? I mean, Hakil is Hakil, Shemitah is Shemitah, I and mean, it happened the year after and, if you, and more so, if you think about it, Hachil is to awaken us to Yer shemaim or inspire us with Yer shemaim. You need Yer at the end of a period or at the beginning of a period. Right? One would think Yer shemaim is the foundation. Mm-hmm. So it's not about that it's the end of Shemitah, it's about it's the beginning of a new Shemitah. It's the beginning of the next cycle. If, if the years are cyclical, right? We commentary Israel and the years are cyclical and there's six years and then there's a Shemitah. And then there's six years and then there's a Shemitah. Turns out, Hakil is the first year right at the beginning. Right? If you think about it, If Shemitah is the end, right? Just like you have a week. So you have six days and then Shabbos, and Sunday starts the beginning. So you have a year, years, you have one year, two years, three years, six years, then a Shemitah year, then you start over. Mm-hmm. Now, Hakil is about inspiring everyone with greater Yerush Shemayim. So, again, you would think that it's about being at the beginning of a new cycle that we're inspired with Yerush Shemaim. Instead, the Torah seems to be keeping going backward. nasa Shnasa, Shemitah, the end of Shemitah, when Shemitah is still going on, make sure to do the Hakil. What's that relationship? Why is Hakil so Shemitah based in the Torah? I- <clears throat> I think because with Shemitah, you're not going to observe it unless you have Yerashamaya because you're giving it all up. You're not going to be farming. How are you going to survive? Okay. So I guess that's how you connect the Yerashamaya with the other Yerashamaya. Why it's in that order, I don't know, maybe... (laughs) Maybe, extended, maybe you need, in order to have hakel, you need to have tremendous year So you already achieved it. Okay, okay, good. So it's good, sort of like the good thinking there. They're both, crowning. they're both, Yura, they're both Yura, you know, well, very Yerushamayim related mm-hmm. very well, very well. Let me give a, a little bit of a different angle. But I think the same concept, which is the following. Shemitah, obviously, was a year of tremendous spiritual growth for Klal mm-hmm. I mean, the idea of Shemitah is... Um, again, today, first of all, we're outside of Israel, so Shemitah is a little bit more out there for us. But even if you're in Israel, it's not an agricultural country only as it was. You know, Back back then, Shemitah meant that the Jewish people as a whole took a year off, took a sabbatical, literally, right? And nobody really worked, or most people didn't work. So what did they do? Well, what was the idea of Shemitah? They all checked into Kola, right? They all, they all learned. They learned a lot more. They davened a lot more. It was a year of spiritual... Um, height for Klal Yisroel. Shmita over. We're going back to the fields. We're going back to a much more mundane day to day. Well, now we need a Hakil. Now we need to gather together. We need a, a real pep talk from the melech. We need a we need a Maimed Har Sinai in order to accept upon ourselves yiras because it's easier to be a yiras in the base medrash than it is in the workplace. Because the Be Shemayim is a place where your Shemayim is, you know, that's, that's the thing you do there. But you're going out to the workplace and suddenly you're not a holy people anymore in a sense of your involvements throughout the day are not holy and spiritual and divine. So that's what the Torah is saying. The Torah is saying, When Shemitah is still in the year, when Shemitah is still lingering, when you're still under the profound impression, of Yerushalayim, and of Kedusha, and of Tahara, of holiness and of purity, and of this, this this heightened sense of spirituality. Now you're heading back outward. It's time to gather. It's time that the King should speak to all of you. And remember that Hashem is Hashem, not just in the base Medrash. Hashem is Hashem, not just in the Shul, not just in the Shemitah year, but as you're getting ready to go out to the rest of the years and the, the world and, uh, and more mundane activities, still it's a time, it's, an, it's, it's, the, opportunity, it's the responsibility of the to act in a way of, of Yir Shemayim, you Shemayim, know, whether he's in the base Beshamedrash or not. So that's on one level. Why Hakil is specifically at the end of the Shemitah year. But let's go a little bit deeper. And what I'm going to say now is based on a talk of the Rebbe. And he said the following, he says, when you think about Shemitah, there's really three aspects to what's going on in Shemitah. In the avoda of a yid on Shemitah. And all of them are, of course, powerful messages for a yid. All of them are about Hashem sovereignty. Shemitah is really about a yid accepting and understanding and accepting upon himself Hashem sovereignty. But that's the three levels. Right? First of all, the yid takes off. That's the first thing we spoke about. Right. A yid is not a lot of work throughout the Shemitah year, or at least work anything that's ground related. Um, so the year takes off, expressing his own recognition that, you know, I'm not in my own hands and I'm, I'm Hashem's, and one year, one year he asks me to take and devote to more spiritual avodah. So that's the person angle of Shemitah. But there's another angle of Shemitah. Aside from a person taking off, there is a mitzvah that the ground lays fallow. Right? What are the words of the Torah? V'shavsa ha'aretz Shabbos la Hashem. the Torah portion of Parshah's Bahar where it gives us Mitzvah Shemitah, it says that Shemitah is a time when the ground of Israel, not only the people take off, the ground takes off. The Shav Ha'aretz, the ground lays fallow, the ground celebrates Shabbos. Mm-hmm. What's the message of the ground taking off? I and mean, Us taking off, is because we have to express that Hashem is our Melech and, mm-hmm. and we have to go learn Torah and do, and, and do it in Daven. But what does it mean, the ground, the Shav Ha'aretz? And the way it's explained is that it's the recognition that the ground is also Merely a servant of Hashem. You know, there's, sometimes we might think that the ground has its own natural course of existence and it gives fruit and it gives crops. And if you plant it, it will do well. If you don't plant it, it won't do well, right? The ground has its own, you know, nature. Says the Torah when it comes to Shemitah, no. He says the ground should lay fallow and then if you're going to wonder, how are you going to eat? Torah says, don't worry. The ground will give fruits. In fact, the Torah says, it will give enough fruits for, to cover for the year of Shemitah and the year after. So that really the, the mitzvah of the ground laying fellow is the mitzvah of our recognition that not only we are servants of Hashem and not only we fulfill our dear to fulfill Hashem's will, but the world in entirety and also what we call nature is also merely an emissary, an agent of Hashem. And if Hashem says, you know what, it's time to give it a rest for a year and I'll take care of it, so be it. And that's the mitzvah of the ground laying fellow. But then there's part three. Part three is, what about the fruits that, and vegetables that grow on Shemitah? You know, because the ground is going to do its thing. Things are going to come out of the ground. Even if you don't plant and harvest, things are going to come out. Mm-hmm. The mitzvah is that anything that grows throughout Shemitah is Hefker. Which means, how do you say Hefker in English, it, it, it belongs to everyone. Mm-hmm. What's the message of the fruits of the ground that grow being something that belongs to everyone? everyone anyone can come and take it. That's where we accept that Hashem is the Melech also over all of my possessions over everything that I own. Normally what grows in my field is mine. And if someone else were to take it, that's geneva, that's theft. Come Shemitah and I say, whatever is mine, you know what? Hashem said this year it's not mine. This year is for everyone else. So a yid accepts that in Shemitah as well. So if you think about it, Shemitah, and maybe this is late in the Shemitah year to discuss this, <laughs> but Shemitah has three powerful messages in accepting the sovereignty, the melucha of Hashem. On the person themselves, and that's why in Shemitah we don't go to work in the field. On the ground, that the nature and the ground and what grows, we believe, is also merely a vehicle for Hashem. Our jobs are a vehicle for Hashem. Our jobs don't have their own life, a life of their own, and a source of sustenance of their own. They're also a vehicle of Hashem. And finally, that which the ground gives forth for us. Or our possessions are also ultimately Hashem's that throughout the six years Hashem says, use them gezun In the seventh year He says, shear them gezun And when we accept that in Shemitah, we're, accept, we're accepting and pronouncing and proclaiming Hashem's sovereignty, both on ourselves and on the ground around us and our possessions. That's Shemitah. Now, let's take that over into Hakya. So the Melech gets up and he reads from the Torah. Which parshas does the Melech read from the Torah? Dvarim. So all from the Chumash Dvarim, which is the interesting reason for a minhag that many have on the night of Oshana to read yeah. the Chumash Dvarim mm-hmm. every year, not just on a year, right. but it's based on the Hakil of the King. I think they wow. do it in based David. I'm sure they do. Yeah, many shuls do it. Most, I, mean, I don't know, most, but many, many shuls do it, right? Yeah, that's right. In fact, I think there they maybe maybe even read it from a Sefer Torah. Uh, Some I think shuls you're right. do that, and, I think you're right? But there, it came from. yeah that yeah so but the Melech doesn't read the entire Chumash Devarim oh. you got to remember the entire Klal Yisrael is there men, women and children you got to think about attention spans here right <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to read three hours but the Melech reads parts of the Torah right what does he read all from within Chumash Devarim and Rambam spells it out very fascinating he says he reads the Parsha of Shema he starts the Chumash and gets till Shema which is which is right, in Parsha's verse after Shema he reads the parsha of Vehoyam Shema, right? Which we have is the second section of Krishna. It's not the same parsha, right? Shma's in and Vehoyam um, Shema is in Akev. It's interesting. He, the Rambam describes. I'm digressing for a moment. He says he describes it beautifully. He says, um, "How did he read?" He says they would blow with trumpets throughout all of Yerushalayim to tell everyone, tell everyone to go to the Beis HaMikdash, go to the Beis HaMikdash. And then they would create a big, erect a big wooden stage in the middle of the Besamekdash. And the king would go up onto the stage and he would sit. And all the Kalal would come and gather around him. Who knows how many people that was. And he says, the head of the Knesset, the head of the of the Shul in the Besamekdash would take out a Sefer Torah. I'm sorry, the Chazamah Knesset, that's not the head, that's the like the Shamash, would take out a Sefer Torah and give it to the head of the Knesset the head of the Knesset gave the Sefer Torah to the Kohen Gadol's aid. The aid gave it to the Kohen Gadol. The Kohen Gadol gave it to the Melech. This is a whole procession. A lot of fanfare, Hakya. Give it to the Melech and then the Melech would take it when he was standing, if he wanted, he could sit and he would open up and he would make a bracha like before Kriya Torah. and then he would read. And what would you read? Your meeting will end in 10 minutes. Anyways, what would the Melech read? So it says he would read Parsha Shema from the beginning of Devorah. Then Vahoyam Shema. And then he would read Asir to Asir. And he would go until the end with the, um, the bris, the covenant that we made with Hashem. Shema Vahoyam Shema Asir to Asir. What's unique about those three things? And let's think about it in the context of the three messages of Shemitah. Hmm. Shema is accepting Hashem as a melech over ourselves. That's what Shema is. We accept Hashem Hashem Achad, Hashem is one king over us. Uh, that's, that's Shema, the love of Hashem, the fear of Hashem. V'hoya im Shamoah expresses that if we listen to Hashem, the ground will give us produce and so on. So that's about that Hashem is, we proclaim Hashem's sovereignty over the world around us. And finally, Aser to Aser is about giving tzedakah. Mysiris and Truma and Truma's, uh, my Sir Oni, all about tzedakah, which is Hashem's sovereignty over our possessions, what we have. So, really, as we pointed out earlier, Hakil is an extension of Shemitah. What we celebrated throughout the year of Shemitah comes the year of Hakil and says, and now let's carry that on forward. Let, let's take that to the word ahead of us, to the year ahead of us. So, that's one, one idea about Hakil being really the taking Shemitah forward to back of a more mundane being, but living or years and, and, and work and nevertheless having the message of the Shemitah accompany us, accompany us beyond. So Hakil is the beginning of the new cycle with the inspiration of the year of Shemitah that we're coming from. Another Hakil point. Why is this the second to the last mitzvah of the Torah? Why is, you know, of all the, you know, Moshe of had already told him 611 mitzvahs and then he remembers it's the day before he passes away, you know, there's two more. Well, there's Hakkiel and there's writing to say Torah Why? Why didn't he tell it to them for 40 years? You know, most mitzvahs were said way before. And Hakkiel is 612, Kisrul Lachem and says 613. Why Dafka, these two? And, and the way the Rebbe explains it is the following He says, when you think about what the Rambam said, and the Rambam said, he, he said it twice, really, we read it together that Hakil is about re-experiencing Har right? We all received the Torah at Sinai years and years ago, um, but like everything, you want to re-energize, you want to re-inspire, you want to re-enact it. And Hala, Hakil is a reenactment of Harsinai. All of Claudius fell together, again, the Chachamim, the simpletons, the one who understand, the one who do not understand, the little tiny baby children, just like by Harsinai the first time. Every single Jew was there, and that's Hakil. When do we most have to remember Harsinai? Think about it. At the end of 40 years, the Jews are leaving Midbar Sinai. Mm-hmm. And Moshe Rabbeinu was leaving them. This was, as long as Moshe Rabbeinu was there, they remembered the giving of the Torah. He's the one who gave it to them, brought it to them. Mm-hmm. They were in Midbar Sinai. They had, in a sense, a constant reminder of Harsinai with them. They were in Midbar Sinai and they had Moshe Rabbeinu with them. All that's going to change now. Mm-hmm. Moshe Rabbeinu is, is passing on. The Jewish people are going into Israel. Suddenly, Harsinai is a, in the distant past. There's nothing really left. The one who led it wasn't, is not there anymore. The place is not there anymore. So Harsinai is now a memory, mm-hmm. says Moshe. Okay, now that it's going to be a memory, we need to redo this. Every seven years, as you finish your Shemitah year, as you finish your again, your spiritual heights of Shemitah, I want you to reenact Sinai. I want you to remember it again and inspire yourself for the same type of year as Shemayim that you had by Sinai. And the same as the Moshe Abenus says, Kisru Lachan, the final mitzvah, write a safe Torah. It's so that everyone should have their own Torah. It should be something fresh. It shouldn't just be, well, we got the Torah a couple thousand years ago. It's a new Torah, it's a fresh Torah, something that we have to constantly re-energize and reinvigorate within ourselves. And interestingly, at Sinai, we really accepted Torah and mitzvahs, right? So Hakil is more about mitzvahs, accepting the mitzvahs of Hashem, that to do the mitzvah, and writing the Sefer Torah is for, for Torah study. So Hakil, the last two mitzvahs, are basically Hashem's way of saying to us, wherever you go, you know, you might, this might become a distant memory. You know, Har Sinai and giving the Torah and accepting the mitzvah this happened so long ago and therefore, every seven years, right after Shemitah, I want you to re-energize and remember the Harsinai, the giving of Torah at Har Sinai. And that's what the mitzvah of Hakil was. And therefore, when it comes such a year and we have the concept and it says in the Sester, ha which means, um, as the, the Rizal explained, that the, the days when it, when the same time of the year comes, when something happened, that thing is spiritually happening happening again, and it's up to us to try to connect to that. And this year, especially Tishrei and especially Sukkot, this year is that time right at the end of a shemitah year of gatherings and inspiring ourselves and those around us with Yerushalayim. And that's what Hakil is all about. And therefore, in such a year, it's a time to add in all the, in anything that can add in Yer Shemayim and anything that can add by gathering people, men and women and children, whether together or separate, but gatherings that the express purpose of those gatherings, Hakil Sa'am, are to inspire ourselves and the people around us with Yer Shemayim. In fact, just like there was the Melech who did it, so all of us are a Melech in different circumstances, whether it's a Melech in a family, whether it's a Melech amongst friends, whether it's with uh, acquaintances, but everyone... Is a receiver, but it also can teach and can inspire. And this is a year to focus on gathering and inspiring ourselves and others again to a um, to a greater level of Um I'm going to try to finish up within the next few minutes because for some for some reason it's telling me it's closing in three and a half minutes. So I'll finish as it closes. samir Hashem. But we'll finish with one last point over here. It's almost the end of the time anyway. One last point is, in a sense. The very first hakil, the very first gathering for years Shemayim was on Rosh Hashanah. The first Rosh Hashanah. And why do I say that? Throughout six days, what when, when is the first day of creation of the world? The 25th of Elul, Right? You know, Rosh Hashanah is the sixth day of creation. And there's the famous question, in davening of Rosh Hashanah we say Zaha yom t'chilas Masacha, This is the beginning of creation. But it's not. Because Rosh Hashanah was the day when Adam and Chava were made. Mm-hmm. But that was day number six, Yom Hashishi. That was on the sixth day. Oh, so maybe. the first day of creation is Chafhe the twenty-fifth, which is tomorrow night. I'm sorry, I'm just counting. That's little, You could say the world didn't really matter yeah. until. So that's it. So yeah. the fact, So the first six days until good. Adam, there was a tremendous amount of creations of Hashem. Marabu Hashem. Six days of creation: heaven and earth and sun and the stars and the animals and the trees and the, and the grass and the fish. Everything. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, no one brought it all together and connected it to Hashem. On the sixth day of creation, Adam is created and the Chava is created, and then the Medrush tells us Adam gathered all creation, animals, and Adam had the ability to relate to everyone, the animals in the kingdom, the tree kingdom, and he gathered everyone and says, Let us come and bow and accept Hashem as the Melech HaOlam Says Hashem, This is when creation began. Yes, I created numerous, tremendous, magnificent creations. But that was a scattered creation, just a millions or billions of different creations. It's about bringing them all together and bringing them to their purpose and serving Hashem. And that's what Adam did. So if you think about it, Adam was makil. He gathered everyone and everything and inspired them to Yerash Boyin, boyu, as again, the medder says, he said, Let us bow, prostrate ourselves before Hashem who created us. And that's the day that Hashem said, This is the day of Zaha Hayom Chilas the day when it begins. And this is our Avodah as well. Our Avodah, ultimately, our world has so many different aspects. Our life has so many different aspects. There's so much going on. It's up to us to bring it all together in our service of Baruch Hu And ultimately, a person wakes up and throughout their day, everything we do. Multitudes of things Sometimes we get scattered Because we're doing So many different things But we have that basic Mindset Of Hashem shamayim. All of it ultimately Is fulfilling My responsibility My duty as a Yid for Hashem And I'm Really what I'm doing Is I'm gathering My whole life together I'm gathering all the Parts of Everything together And bringing them To Hashem In my service And that's a, An interesting um, Angle Of that mini Hakil That we're all doing Always Gathering together everything and everyone and all parts of our existence and connecting that to Hashem, Hashem should give us that this year should be the altar, the real hakel on the base with Mashiach sitkenu, and Hashem should gather all of us from everywhere to b'she'if for God, and give everyone a good with only revealed brachas in every area for everyone personally and for all of us collectively a bracha, bracha and teiva, and only goodness for everyone. Amen. Can I ask you a question about the math? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.